coffee isn't just a drink, it's who you are. We are Little Green Hive, and we're here to serve that perfect cup of coffee made just for you. We're women-owned and locally sourced. Our mission is to provide the best product for our customers, as well as strengthen our community. From fair trade coffees and teas, to breakfast, lunch, and smoothies, we have everything you need to start your day off right. Come visit us in downtown Roanoke, Grandin Village, and now at the Daleville Town Center, Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Hey, it's Leanna. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a second to thank you for listening. The fact that you chose this episode out of the millions of podcast episodes that are out there, that's pretty cool. We'd love it if you left us a review, subscribed, shared us with a friend. And if there's something you want to see us talk about on Hometown Stories, just let us know. Send an email to hometownstories at wdbj7.com. Okay, now let's settle in for today's episode. This November, the Berglund Center in Roanoke will be host to Alton Brown, the guy best known for mixing science and food on the long-running TV show Good Eats and as a host on Iron Chef America. November 17th at 7.30, he takes the stage for Beyond the Eats, the holiday variant, a live participant-driven show about, well, a lot of weird stuff. And those are his words, not mine. I'm just going to be super transparent here and tell you I was so jazzed to chat with Alton, having grown up watching his show with my family. I know you're not, like, supposed to meet your heroes and all that, but this was so worth it. In this episode of Hometown Stories, sit in on our virtual chat about the holiday variant, live audiences, laughing brains, and rescue dogs. I recently caught Alton Brown on Zoom at the end of a busy afternoon of press interviews. You're you're my last one, so take your time. Sorry, I have dogs. <laughs> Is it Scabdale? Yeah. Scabdale and Guillermo. Hold on. Both rescue dogs who make frequent adorable appearances on his social media, and yes, Scabigail does have her own Instagram handle. Alton walks out of the kitchen and into the hall behind him and comes back with an armful of Boston Terrier. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's Abigail. Oh my gosh, there's so many celebrities in one Zoom. Oh my gosh, I love it. Hi, it's Abigail. Introductions having been made, we get down to business. My very special guest today joining us over Zoom, you know him as the chef, TV host, dog dad, Alton Brown. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me on the show. We are excited you are coming to the Berglund Center November 17th. You have a live show at 7.30. It's the Beyond the Eats holiday variant. Let's just talk about how doing a live show is different from TV. People know you from Good Eats, Iron Chef. So when you go before a live audience, how for you is that different than TV? Oh, it's completely different. Live audiences are by far my favorite thing to do. People don't realize that, you know, TV cameras suck your soul out of your eyeballs. Um, They never give anything back. They just take and they take and they take. Uh, It's like a bad boyfriend or girlfriend. Live audiences always bring so much energy to the show. And every live show is different because every theater audience is different. Every town is different. We use a lot of audience volunteers. And so they really kind of set or determine how that show goes. And that for me is... The, the whole reason that I even do this. 
I like the um, the comparison that it sucks your soul out as I'm as I'm looking at a camera. <laughs> as you know, this sucks your soul directly it. out of your. Yeah. <laughs> so you you I'm assuming as as you are feeding them, they are feeding you, so to speak. Well, I don't really feed them, not literally. Uh, very few people get to taste food. Uh, it's just not practical. And especially with, with COVID barely behind us, uh, there's there's a lot of, of rules about that kind of thing. So there, there is some tasting, but it's not done by too many people. How, you've done other live shows before. How is this one, make it, how does it have its own flavor compared with your previous live shows? Well, this is technically our third big tour show. But what we decided to do this year is, is we had last year launched a show called Beyond the Eats. And I really wanted to do a holiday show going into this year. So what we decided to do was the holiday variant, which is that we've redone probably about 35% of the show to be holiday specific with new material. So if somebody has seen Beyond the Eats, they'll recognize some of the bigger parts of the show, like um, our, our food demonstration, which is very large and very unusual and very strange. But everything else has been, as I call it, holidified or given a holiday spin. All of the music is new and holiday related. The game show, we actually play an onstage culinary game show in the show with audience members, and that's all been made uh, holiday specific. So there's a, a lot of holiday going on here. And I really wanted to do that because I think that during the holidays, we, we have a lot of food nostalgia during that time of year from Thanksgiving, you know, through Hanukkah and Christmas. And I, and I really wanted to be able to go out and, uh, and be with audiences during that time. My crew isn't very happy with me, by the way, but uh, it's... <laughs> we're, we're missing we'll, we'll be playing in toronto on thanksgiving because of course in canada they don't you know have the same thanksgiving so my crew's not too happy with me but i i really wanted to kind of bring food and holiday together for live audiences you advertise this show as some food some science um a lot of interaction it is it sounds like a big game show a big variety i mean how do you tell people like right. here's what to expect I call it a, a holiday variety show. I was raised, I grew up like mentally during the 70s. I was born in the 60s, but I grew up during the 70s. And it was the heyday of television variety shows. Like I was a huge fan of like the Sonny and Cher show and the Smothers Brothers and Carol Burnett. So it was shows where you could see a musical act, a comedy skit. You could just get everything. Very vaudevillian, if you will. And I, I wanted to recreate that with a, um, with a, a culinary slant you know to to give it to make it all be about food but it's not all cooking you know there's there's comedy there's live music me and my band do uh some of our food songs uh, all of which are holiday related my wife is my bass player so you know it's 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 very much it's a, it's a variety show so there's a little something for everybody there is a lot of cooking but the cooking is done with very large, very strange devices that do not exist anywhere else on earth. I promise you, if you come to the show, you will see things that human eyes have never seen before. And that's your tease, folks. That's how to, that's, uh, that's, your that's tease. it. That's, that's the best I've got. Things that human eyes have never seen before. Um, you mentioned nostalgia around the holidays. So for you, when it comes to the things that you eat and the things that you drink and the things that you share with the people that you love, what for you tastes like home? I'm very much a traditionalist. And during the holidays, I cook the same thing every year. Um, you know, when Thanksgiving comes, I'm known for my turkey. So I tell people, look, you can come to dinner. I'm doing the turkey. You've got to bring something. Um, and then I, when Christmas rolls around, I do a standing rib roast. My standing rib roast is excellent. I make one a year because 
even though it would be great to have in the middle of July, no, that's for Christmas time. Um, and then we also make up really big batches of aged eggnog and clarified milk punch, uh, recipes you could get on my website, uh, because basically you need to maintain a low level buzz basically from Thanksgiving to New Year's as far <laughs> just, as I'm just, concerned. Just to get through it. <laughs> Not to get through it, but yeah. to enjoy it. Right? Depending on your family, depending on the family size, the larger your family, the, the more intense the buzz that needs to be maintained. So. <laughs> When people come to the show and see things that human eyes have never seen before and get to participate, what are you hoping that, you know, when they leave the Berglund Center, what are you hoping that they are saying to one another about the show? Well, it's funny. I'm known for being, you know, like a culinary teacher and an educator, but over over the, the studio door um, that we have in Atlanta, we have a sign that says, laughing brains are more absorbent. My feeling being that you must entertain people in order to teach them anything. I do want to teach people, but primarily I want them entertained. I want them to walk out of that theater saying, wow, I didn't know what to expect. That was pretty good. Let's go home. Um, but then hopefully in about a week, somebody will go, hey, remember we learned the blah, 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 and I can use that. So it's kind of like giving somebody an infection. Uh, it takes about a week for it to really catch <laughs> Uh, so a long way of saying, first and foremost, entertainment. We're there to entertain and to give people a great night at the theater. We work hard to do that. But the other thing is that we, we, we are going to involve a lot of learning. Um, and it's there if they want it. And if they soak it up, it'll be there for them to use it later on. When you are on the stage and you are, you know, embracing everything that you have to show people, what are some of your favorite moments on stage? Like what really propels you? Everything for me is about the audience members that come up. Every town is different. So every audience is different. And the volunteers, we choose them randomly. I'm the like, I need volunteers. You, I don't know what I'm going to get. Um, and I don't know. And I give them a lot of power um, over the show. So how things go is greatly determined by those personalities that come up on stage. I don't know what's going to happen. And I like that. I like not knowing. And, and, and every night's different. And every night has its own flavor. And every night has its own, its own kind of uh, um, specific and unique um, taste. Um, and I just, I just love that. I love that I can play it 50 times over a series of weeks and every single one of them will be different. To that end, you do Iron Chef. You're really active on social media. You're doing these touring shows. How do you maintain your stamina? Um, not only just you know physically, but also what keeps driving you to find these new and exciting projects? I don't like being comfortable. It's funny. David Bowie once talked about you know it's kind of like swimming in a lake. If you can if you can feel the bottom with your feet, you're too comfortable. You need to go out where the water's deeper. So I'm always going out where the water's deeper, and I'm always trying to find new boundaries and new borders and to to find things that I haven't done before. Um, that gives me a huge uh, charge in life. But I'm also really lucky in that I get to I get to travel with my with my family. My my wife, um, Elizabeth, is in the band and, and plays bass in the band and is on stage. We travel. We can bring our dogs with us uh, on the bus. Um, we have three buses. I'm also lucky that most of the people that I'm working with on the tour have been working with me, some of them for 20 years. So we just keep experimenting into, you know, 
exploring new, new territory. And the wonderful thing about food is that it is one of the few things that still unites all of us. We are all eaters. We all like food. We're, we're all united somehow or, 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 or we're somehow connected to family, to our heritage, to our, our histories, to our communities through food. And we need that now, I think more than ever, because there's a lot of stuff that tears us apart. But I think that food is a unifying force. And so I, I think that anything that I can do in bringing people together through food in whatever form is my mission it's the the thing that i'm i meant to do and i may i may eventually fall completely on my face and that's fine um but i'll i'll keep i'll keep pushing those boundaries and those borders until i find that spot where i fail miserably what's it like to work with your wife and be and uh and to be able to not only travel together but to work together you know, we, we, we've only been married four years and we, we made a very conscious decision to not physically separate if we don't absolutely have to. I travel with her for her work. Uh, she's a restaurant designer, um, but she learned how to play bass so that she could come on tour and be in a band. Uh, which is a really brave move, uh, but she's there to support me. And I know at the end of the night, fans may tell me I'm wonderful, but you know, she'll get on the bus and say, Hey, dude, you really suck tonight. <laughs> you know, she doesn't know that yet. But what I mean is it's, it's great to have a grounding, um, a grounding presence, which uh, Elizabeth certainly is. And, you know, you finish the show and we go on the bus and we're like, we got to take the dogs out or they're going to poop in the bus and you don't want that. So um, it keeps things very real. Let's put it that way. Um, that is so exciting. So she, so she actually learned bass just so she could play in the band to go on tour with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's, that's super cool. gutsy. She's a gutsy lady. She had never played bass before. And I, uh, for our first anniversary gave her a bass guitar and she's like, what am I supposed to do with this? And I'm like, well, um, tours coming. And she completely embraced it and she rocks the house. Uh, I am so proud of her and so thrilled. But, you know, my drummer is my production manager. He hadn't played drums since high school. And we started touring. It's like, you got to learn to play drums again, dude. I hadn't played a guitar since I was like 19. I had to learn again. But that that that's what keeps life exciting. It's what keeps charging things, you know. You, you learn new things. You adapt. You push yourself. Um, and when I'm done with that, I guess I'll have to retire. Whatever Maybe, that is. right? Maybe. <laughs> One other question for you, sort of unrelated sure. to the show. I know you're a watch collector, and I was wondering if you could, sh if you're wearing anything right now to show off. Um, I'm wearing a, a mid '80s uh, Rolex white gold presidential that um, that I got a few years ago. It's kind of like my my go-to. Love it. Well, speaking of time, we're gonna wrap up here so you can oh, get look. with your afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> before we let you go, anything else that you want to share before your live show comes to the Berkeley Center in Roanoke? I, I like to emphasize that this is very much a family show. There's nothing I like better than looking into an audience and seeing like a family of five from the, the grandparents down to the, the little kids. Um, we try to make sure that it's a show that everybody can see and enjoy because I really like families to be able to come to the theater together. Love it. Alton Brown at the Berglund Center, November 17th at 730. We'll put a link online so you can find your ticket. Alton, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on.
Hometown Stories is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. This episode was produced by me, Leanna Scacchetti, and edited by Ben Roquelmi. We'll see you next time. Hometown Stories is sponsored by Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Locations in downtown Roanoke, Daleville, and Grandin.